Hi, I'm Tony G, host of The Tony G Show, as well as The Tony G Show interviews. Our guest today is Patrick Dana, a senior at St. Norbert College, who is in the middle of transitioning from being a basketball player with the Green Knights to being a baseball player, for reasons mentioned in this interview. Danan is a two-time gold medalist with the USA Deaf Basketball Team, and he talks in this interview about what that means to him in his athletics and his life. Now, without any further introduction, here is the Tony G Show interviews, Patrick Danan. Today's Tony G Show interview is with Patrick Danan. Patrick, thanks for coming on the show and spending the time as the semester is winding to a close. I know it's a busy time. Thanks for coming around. Thank you for having me, Tony. I have an inside source that I'll be using throughout the course of this interview. I'll reveal it to you off mic when the, when this interview wraps up. But I have that inside source who told me in preparation for this interview that you lost a finals paper on finals week. Is that true? That is 100% true. Well, I couldn't reopen it. It was there, but I just could not reopen it. I don't know what my computer was thinking or what it was doing, but I could not reopen that file again, so I got to redo it. Yeah. That is just the worst of luck. It's terrible. I mean, it's one thing to have it happen like mid-semester. Yeah. Finals week, you're thinking of wrapping up. You have progress on it or somewhat done, and then it's just lost. But I got an extension. We're all good. We're all good now. Good for you. Yep. Good for you. Well, best of luck in working towards the conclusion of this semester. No Will McCormick today because of that reason, conclusion of the semester. Busy times here at St. Norbert College. So look forward to conducting this interview. It's something that both you and I, talking to you before we turn on the microphones, both you and I wanted to get done, an interview on the Tony G Show interview. So we'll start here. There's going to be a specific direction to the interviews of certain flow and we're going to start here because you have a a uh, hearing impairment you are deaf in both ears correct yep here's how the story goes from my perspective what i understand of it you had meningitis at six months old you did not stop from playing everything you ran cross country basketball baseball soccer you even ran a couple bell and runs from what i understand you golf as well you had your start in a YMCA for basketball in St. Louis. What was the decision like to play sports for you with the hearing impairment? And it be You being of the perspective that it's not going to limit me. I never really thought of it something that limited me. Um, I couldn't really take it from that side. I try to think of it more of as a positive as a way to uh, kind of be a leader out there, um, show other younger kids uh, that you could still play basketball but in high school there were times where my cochlear implant would fall off but it's just me playing the rest of the game completely deaf which was no big deal uh, I would just have to always be looking over at my coach trying to see what play we're going to run but it never really limited me to anything I just wanted to go out there and play basketball no matter what that's very admirable so even when it would fall off in action You'd say that it'd just be no big deal and you just keep playing. Yeah. So, so nothing would really be different. How, how would the communication change then? We kind of knew a couple signs. Um, it's kind of basic. I could read lips very well, so that yeah. was pretty easy. Otherwise, I'd be able, like, in, we'd call a timeout in the huddle and they would just write down a play on the a whiteboard. Or during a game, I would be able to read my teammates' lips or my coach's lips. It wasn't much of a difference. It didn't really affect the game as much. So what has it taught about you as a person? Not necessarily an athlete, but as a person, Patrick Dane and the person, what has being deaf taught you? Being deaf has taught me to be patient. There will be times where I'm going to struggle, like if my CI battery dies, which it's happened, I just need to be patient. There's going to be times where people are going to come up to me and ask me about it, which I have no issue explaining that. 
sometimes they have a little too many questions, but it's all it's all a learning experience for them. Yep. I just got to be patient with it. That's one of the biggest things I've learned was being patient. From your start at a YMCA in St. Louis, then you come to De Pere around 2006, 2007. What do you remember about Olivia DeClean running circles around you on the flag football team? <laughs> yeah, she <laughs> she was – if there was a Hall of Fame for De Pere flag football, she'd be the only one in it. She was very good. I could not catch her. She was very quick. She was also like – no offense, Olivia, but she was also two foot four, so you could not reach for her flag. <laughs> but uh, she – she was one of the quickest flag football players I've ever seen. She could catch, she could throw, and she could run. And while well, me being already six foot three as a seven year old, I could not catch up to her. You are a pretty big person. How tall are you now? I'm 6'9". You were six nine. Yep. And when did this growth spurt happen? Like, have you always been tall? Yeah, I've always been tall. But between sophomore and junior year, there was probably like a four inch uh, growth spurt. Of high school. Yeah, but I was always the center on my team. Yeah, just I that one that. stretch is when I grew the most. Yeah, I mean, I like to joke around. I was already four feet tall on my mom, so, yeah. <laughs> you get this this height, I would imagine, from your father, Todd. Uh, yep. How how tall is he? He's 7'2". He is 7'2". 7'2". Wow. Yeah. Even my mom, for uh, she's not that short. She's 5'7". It's mm-hmm. just the difference in height between my mom and my dad is what really throws people off. 5'7", it's not short. So I imagine that the basketball must have always been the number one sport for you. Yeah, that's the one I started out with. I started off with soccer, but that's always one of the sports in the YMCA. But basketball yep. was like the main priority. When did baseball start to work its way into your life? Probably middle school, but I wasn't as focused on baseball. Like okay. I would play during the regular season, take off for summer, focus on basketball. So around middle school is when baseball came out. You are a pitcher in uh, baseball, and you're making the switch at the St. Norbert athletics team here and we'll talk about that towards the back end of this interview but have you ever gotten radar yes okay i have mm-hmm. 90s triple no. digit yet topped out was 86 that was my highest now yeah. i'm back down to 82 trying to work my way back up there so you are a two-time gold medalist different teams that you have played on and won with uh, the 21 and under tournament that you've played in a world basketball championship in poland as a member of the usa deaf basketball team that was at uh, Gallaudet University. Mm-hmm. What do you remember from winning gold, and what has it meant to you to be part of those squads? The first gold medal in D.C. was very special because that team was more around my age, and a couple of those guys were kind of like me. They had the CI, but they could also speak. That was one of my favorite moments, winning that gold uh, for my country. Then the following summer in 2019, when they brought me up to the national team. I wasn't really expecting to play much on that team. But during the semifinals in the championship, they put me in the starting rotation at the five. And that was also a great moment for me, just being able, that was my first time out of the country. And going to Poland was an incredible experience. I was also able to learn a lot from my team because I was the only one on the team that was completely deaf but could still uh, here with my Coco Rampla and everybody else was either incredibly hard of hearing or just sign. So I learned a lot of things through mm-hmm. them, through my coaches, learned some sign language, learned a lot of things on the foreign country in Poland. So that was an incredible experience too. And hopefully in the future, I'll have more of those opportunities. You mentioned earlier in this interview, how the communication changed on a team where you are the only hearing impaired person on the team. 
but with everybody, is there a certain way that they communicate in timeouts or, or in action that is different from your experiences with as being the only hearing impaired person on the court? Something that people don't realize that we, if you have a cochlear implant, you can't wear it during the games. Oh, so okay. either way, we're all completely deaf on the court. So it's the same in both tournaments is through sign language. Our plays were colors, simple uh, one signs, colors, letters, simple plays. So that's what happened in both tournaments. So it didn't switch between the two, but there was a big difference, of course, between you know St. Norbert College basketball and the USA team. But right. for me, since I've already kind of been through it, it wasn't much of a difference for me besides learning more sign language. So when you say they brought you up to the national team, how does that all work? How, how did they contact you? How did you get in the mix with the national team? So after the first tournament, I was called, and my coach and I did kind of like a video chat, and he wanted me to be on the national team because they had like three extra spots, so they brought another guy from the U21 team, me, and uh, some other player uh, that was in the country. He called all of us and wanted to bring us up to the national team, just a simple phone call, and I agreed. And you said that you weren't, you didn't expect to get much playing time, but what was it like that first time when you get inserted, that first game feel playing for the national team? That was a lot of fun. I was very nervous before the game. It was a really good crowd. A lot of people, like in the foreign countries, they're banging drums and stuff. Even though we can't hear it, we could still feel it. Yeah. It was a really cool experience. So that first game was unlike any other game I've ever experienced because those European country games are incredible. But that first game, I came in, and I was part of the rotation. I come in, and I think I hit a, a three right away. And I just remember thinking, like, this is it. I'm here. And it was such a cool experience. Great ride from that first game all the way to the championship. What memories arise when you think of the AAU squad that you played on? And from the inside source that I have in this interview, he said that you beat teams that you had no business beating. Is that correct? Oh, that is 100% correct. What, yeah. what memories arise when you think of your AAU days? Yeah, that was, that was a fun team. We, we were gritty. We, we had some shooters on our team. We, we had some great players. Owen Tooney, Max Fernholz, Drew Blair. Drew Blair, is, he's an absolute bucket. He, he was a great shooter. Fern Holtz was a great three-point shooter. Owen Dooney, who's at Rippin now, so yeah. obviously St. Norbert doesn't like him, but I still love him. But, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was a great team. We were, we were the underdogs that just beat everyone. That was, that was a fun summer of basketball. So overall in your basketball playing days, of course the 6'9 height, starting at the 5 position, being a center, what type of player were you? Were you able to shoot a three, or were you just under the basket? Were you physical? What was your style of play? I was an in-and-out player. I could stretch it out. I, well, my junior year of high school is when I started taking three-pointers. Senior year, I became more confident, and I believe if I would have played more at St. Norbert, I would have been uh, an in-and-out player. That's what Coach Crush would allow me to do. That's what we did for a couple games. But in the earlier years, I stayed inside the post, but as I – grew up and matured I became a three and inside post player right yeah so talking about that St. Norbert College I'm going to give a little context and some background before I ask you this question you were born in Milwaukee moved to St. Louis then did appear in 2006-2007 again you got to start in the YMCA you played for a coach whose father played here at St. Norbert College 
You are a third-generation Danon to score for St. Norbert College's basketball team. Uh, Harry Danon, from what I hear, went to St. Norbert High School before World War One. So St. Norbert's in your blood. What was your path to being a Green Knight like? Is it something you always knew you were going to come to St. Norbert College? Or is it something where you got recruited from a bunch of different schools and St. Norbert won out of the mix? A little bit of both, but I kind of always had the idea that I was going to come to St. Norbert. I mean, I pretty much grew up on this campus when we moved back from the pier. My dad worked here. He was the director of alumni. And from a young age, I always knew Coach Crush. So I always had it in the back of my mind I was going to come here. Like you said, my dad played here. And there are other colleges that reached out to me, but I just always knew in my heart that St. Norbert was going to be my home. So you say you knew Gary Gresh for a long time because of your St. Norbert College roots. What was it like to get to be recruited under him and then spend some years under him as a player? It's very special considering how great of a coach he is. He's a great person too, so getting to know him and building that connection throughout the years made the decision that much easier, and I got to know his coaching staff, Corey, Z, everybody else. I got to know them very well, so it just made that relationship closer when I got here. So what's your time at St. Norbert College been like this year as a senior? Has it hit you that that you were close to graduating from college? Yeah, it's, it's, it's bittersweet. Like, yeah, I'm ready, be. but at the same time, I, I don't want to leave this place. Yeah, it, might, it would be tough. I, you are quoted as saying, your favorite thing about St. Norbert College is the people, correct? Yeah. Elaborate on that. Why is that? I like the small feel of the campus. I, I've i always wanted to go to a campus that wasn't too big, and I think St. Norbert is the perfect size, considering, like, it's true. Everybody knows everyone. Like, everybody knows who people are. And I, I love that feeling. I love that you could just cross the street and you see someone you know, and then 10 feet later you see another person you know. I love that feeling. And I think that's just great morale and that togetherness, that communal, like it's really emphasized with that. I would completely agree because even like classroom sizes, I didn't know what, you know, I'm a first gen college student, so I didn't know what I wanted really if I wanted a big college or a small college, but coming here, it was definitely the right decision. You are a business administration major. And with that degree, is there anything that you're planning on doing? There's a couple paths that I've been looking towards. Uh, one is going out to Washington, D.C. and taking sign language classes for the summer. Um, I would be able to contact my USA coach, who is also the head coach at Gallaudet University. So we kind of been in touch. So I would just go out there and live in one of the apartments on campus, work as basketball camps and take sign language classes. Otherwise, I kind of want to work in Milwaukee. I want to work in a bigger city, but not too big. Right. And I think Milwaukee's the perfect choice, maybe going to sales down there. I think this is the perfect transition into your future because there is a heart condition that you have called atrial fibrillation, AFib. Uh, you've had numerous surgeries on it and decided to discontinue your basketball career and make the switch to baseball. What brought you to that decision to stop playing basketball and how difficult truly was it? So the last time it happened was this past summer in our summer league tournament down in Wisconsin Dells, and it happened in the middle of a game against Oshkosh. And I remember just subbing myself and sitting there thinking, like, this is it. Like, I've been through two surgeries already. So fast forward to the decision. I decided to not go for it because it just would have been too much of a risk to try to continue to play. Or either if I did get the surgery right away, there's that three-month gap where I can't 
lift or anything, that recovery phase, it's very difficult to get back to 100% after that. And the coach is completely understood. My teammates completely understood. And I wanted to play baseball because, one, I really miss baseball. I miss pitching. That was one of my favorite things to do. And, two, I just couldn't imagine going through a whole college year without playing any sort of sport. Right. So I figured baseball was the perfect option because, like I said, I missed it. And it's not as much stress with cardio or with the heart. So I think it's the best of both worlds when it comes to baseball. What are you predicting your baseball career will look like this season? You think you're going to get some innings on the mound? I think I'm going to be in the starting rotation. That's what my main goal is. My main goal is just to have a good impact on the team, whether that's you know in the dugout or if that's actually on the field. But I'm, I'm really am positive that I'm going to get some rotation time. Without giving me too much of a scouting report, because I don't want you know teams from around the conference to listen to this interview and go, you know, here comes Patrick Danen. But what's a what's your arsenal? Fastball, you said low to mid 80s. You're going to try to work on that as you may have lost from some years not pitching and playing basketball. What else you got in the repertoire? One of my favorite pitches, my splitter, kind of goes in like a changeup and then drops. Yep. Then I also have a curveball and a slider. Between my fastballs, I got a normal four seam and a two seam that breaks inward. So that's my arsenal. I think it's pretty deadly. So a lot of movement, huh? A lot of movement. <laughs> pretty <lot> deadly. <laughs> I like that. Pretty deadly. Are you going to try to overpower guys, or are you going to try to mix and match through them? I think with my statue on the mound, standing at what may look like 12 feet when I'm up there, <laughs> I think that's pretty intimidating enough, but that's only the half of it. i got to get it by those guys. You know, I mentioned this to you before we started this interview. And it's true. I'm not just saying it because, you know, you're Patrick Dane and you're sitting. I could not touch your fastball in high school. I'm a graduate of Green Bay East. You went to De Pere. We played a couple times. And I told you this. You're so tall. You're right. You do have that presence. You have the long wingspan that it seemed like you were releasing your fastball halfway to home. Oh, yeah. I just could not catch up to it. I don't remember many of my opponents. Okay. Like, I'm, I'm... I have tunnel vision when I'm on the mound. I like so that. a little square above the plate. That's what I'm focused on. But I remember a few people coming up to me, telling me about how they faced me in high yep. school. There's one kid who has my number, apparently, and that's Josh Nicholas from Preble. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't think I've ever struck him out. He was a good hitter, but um, he's the only guy that I couldn't strike out. Player on the basketball team here. Yep. Josh Nicholas. Yep. That's right. He did go to Preble. I don't remember playing against him too much. He is, I think he couple years younger than us yeah but i remember seeing you freshman year both the same age and i thought oh my gosh i can't get away from this guy <laughs> i was gonna be a baseball player here before i got wrapped up in the whole radio thing and i i didn't know if you were gonna play baseball basketball do both here yeah but i thought i cannot get away from this kid <laughs> he's gonna come back and haunt me even here at st norbert college I hear you're big into uh, slow-pitch softball now. Tell me what that sport means to you and your family as your father, Todd, played a huge role in starting uh, what is known as the Pink Flamingo Classic local to De Pere here in, uh, here in Wisconsin. Yeah, that's – I would have to say there's a list of my father's proudest achievements. I'm second, and my brother is second, <laughs> and then the Pink Flamingo Tournament is number one. It has to be first. Yeah, though. but um, that's huge in De Pere. It's, it's gotten so much bigger. All the money goes to charity. Um, we just recently like raised 1.5 mil a couple of years ago, and yep. this past summer was the first summer that I play in it, which is very special to me. And I'm playing with the CBS, which is one of the oldest teams. My uncle played on that team, and it was just very special to me to 
be able to play in that tournament, the tournament that my father started. It's it just meant a lot to me, uh, just playing in front of all those people. There was a great crowd Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, but that was one of the coolest moments I've ever had. When I found that out, I was my, my it was kind of a jaw hit the floor moment because. Yeah. I know what the pink floor. I have one of the hats. I mean, oh, I've yeah. been to it before. And to find out that it is local to the Danon family, who is local to De Pere, Wisconsin, and really find out what it is, it was uh, something really interesting to me to find out. A lot of people do go to that year after year. I mean, that that ball diamond is packed. But for you as a player, do you find it easy to to hit the slow pitch, the high pitch? I mean, compared to my baseball, yeah, it's much easier for <laughs> me to hit it. I was never a good baseball hitter, but. Slow pitch, I find it much easier, and um, I'm a pitcher too, so I I throw that bad boy in the air. I get that <laughs> thing up there. That's my goal. But yeah, going back to your question, I I, I do find it a little bit easier, especially okay. the 14 inch. That's your key, is the arc. Oh yeah. Is that the same thing at bat? What's the key to being a good basketball player to you, Patrick Dana? What's the key to being successful on the court? My goal is to make my teammates better. I don't consider myself a scorer. Like score first mentality. I try to get my teammates open. I like to, I'll do pick and pop, pick and roll, but I'm doing it trying to get opportunities for my teammates. I consider myself a, a very good passer, so I'll I'll look for the open guy. But that's kind of my thing is getting my teammates open. I'm trying to help my teammates out. For you, and I mentioned this, hoping that you're all right with it, that. You have quite the dance repertoire because in seeing these starting lineups announced for the basketball team and, you know, the, the whole team kind of lines up and there's a tunnel for the starters to go out, you have some of the dance moves that I don't think I've ever seen a basketball player break out on the court. I mean, it's something that you might see, you know, just recreationally hanging out with people. That is something you throw onto the court. What's your favorite dance move to throw out there? Oh, uh, there's a couple of them. Uh... I don't know. It kind of switches every now and then. I I think you keep it fresh. Is what yeah, I, I I like to keep it fresh. Okay, yeah, I respect that. <laughs> yeah. Very respectable. What would be top three then that you would switch switch through? Switch through top three. Let's see. Recently, I've been getting into the gritty. That's mm. that's been one. Um, one of my teammates, Carter Gebler. Sorry, Carter, but he's terrible at it. <laughs> so I'm trying to teach him how to do it. The gritty, uh, maybe a little throwback to the whip. Mm-hmm. Just simple one moves on the court, then maybe like just like a two hand shuffle, maybe a little snap to it. Yep. Yeah. Just simple <laughs> moves like that. Otherwise, legit celebrations. I I always love the three point arrow. Me and President Brees always do it. I noticed that. Yeah. Brees loves that too. Yeah. That's something that he he'll do with anybody. Oh yeah. He'll do it walking around campus. Exactly. Okay. I like the uh, fun nature of these questions and where we're going with this. So it's the perfect time to segue to one of our fan favorite segments called 60 seconds this is going to be 60 seconds with patrick danon it's just going to be a minute where i'm going to rapid fire questions to you and you're going to fire answers back to me you don't have to take time to think about it just whatever comes to your head and it will go when the timer starts i'll go ahead and and start it when we're ready and then we just have 60 seconds to fire off questions you feel like you're ready patrick i think i'm ready now okay do whatever dances you need to do to to get yourself prepared yep 60 seconds with Patrick Danon coming up. You ready? Top three locations around the world that you would like to visit. Uh, Italy, Greece, and Paris. Better Post Malone song, Congratulations or Rockstar? Congratulations. 
Favorite episode of The Office? Ooh. The one where uh, Michael Scott's running that uh, race for AIDS, or whatever it was. Yeah. Jacob Bulwark, better defender or shooter? Ooh. Neither? Trick question? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I can't answer on that. He's good at both. He's great at both. Fair enough. Better pitcher, Mason Sefcik or Luke Fulman? Luke Fulman's an outfielder. It's Mason Sefcik all the way. <laughs> <laughs> Patrick Danen or Patty Danen? Oh, Patty. What is the capital of Poland? Warsaw. Oh, man. That's yeah. the one that I tried. That, we're going to end it on that. That's yeah. the buzzer beater. Yeah. I, that's the question I thought I was going to get you on. Always try to catch my guests off with at least one question. Usually I'll throw some math in there that they have to do in the moment. That one, I knew that you've been to Poland and you played there, won the gold there. So I wondered if you were going to know Warsaw and you got it right. Yeah. 60 seconds with Patty Danen. I like that a lot. Couldn't answer for the uh, Jacob Bulwark. He's yeah. both. He is one of the – I could ask that same thing and you'd give me the same answer for all of the seniors, really. Michael Pant, oh, yeah. Jack Pett. I mean, it's a good class that St. Robert has rolling out now. Absolutely. It's a very young team, too, that the basketball team. The, who is the diamond in the rough that is going to run this program for the next couple of years? I mean, there's a, there's a good amount of them. I would agree. There's a couple guys that really, really stand out, and I, I think all of them have potential. I do, too. I, I really do have faith in the freshman class, like Kyle, Garrett Gresh, uh, Jamo. I, I think they're going to be very solid players in the mm-hmm. future. And I like our sophomore sophomore class with Evan. And when Carter's healthy, he's very, very yeah. important to our yeah. lineup. But there's I, I have faith in all those guys. I, I, I see their potential. Uh, they just got to put in the work. I'm, I'm really looking forward to for the years to come for St. Norbert basketball. I would agree. I think what, what the Green Knights are doing now, basketball-wise, is, you know, they're so young and the whole COVID thing messed everything up. Now they're rolling out seniors, but it's pretty much everyone's going to get playing time. If you earn it in practice, if you earn it on the court, you're going to continue to see those minutes with freshmen like Garrett or with someone like Parker Lawrence, who yeah. just said, oh, yeah. a three-point barrage and, against Rockford. So it is uh, rather intriguing to see how St. Norbert – and. They're continuing to win. I mean, they're having a successful season to this point. A couple of tough losses, but you know, to be expected in the course yeah. of a basketball season. Mm-hmm. Speaking of basketball, you were at the Deer District for the Bucks championship game. Yep. Were you down there for just the clincher, or were you down there throughout the entirety of the postseason or, or just the, the finals? I went down there for two games. One was game... Four, I believe, against the Nets. Okay. Then the second one was the Game Six Championship Clincher. I had work the next morning, so <laughs> got off of work the day of. Drove down there with four other friends, five of them, all in my my car. Drove down there. Luckily, it was Game Six, the Clincher. Yeah. But that was that was a very exciting experience. Were Were you there? I was not there. I I, you know, I have the also work that gets in the way uh, doing the public address announcing for. Yeah. Green Bay Booyah, now the, now known as the Rockers. But I do know that it was quite the atmosphere down yeah, there. It was insane. Where did you park? I mean, did, did you park in Sheboygan and just walk the rest <laughs> of the way or what? No, no. We actually had a very good parking spot. I, I asked around some friends that I knew that went to like Marquette or UWM. And they said, well, our spots are open, but there's a pick and save not too far from the stadium that might have parking lots open. So we go in there, and right away we found 10 spots wide open. So we just parked there, and it was maybe a 20-minute walk to district. 
That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, quite a time, too, yeah. for the Bucks to win it. I mean, that must have been awesome to be down there. What was it like when that clock rolls down, you know, celebration, Giannis and Chris Middleton both swapping the trophies and this and that? What was that like? It was a very, I would say, emotional experience because I know, like, I've, I've been through the terrible Bucks days when they yeah. won 15 games. I, yeah. I've been through that. So, like, when they finally won, I was, I was overcome with – happiness enjoyment like it was it was an incredible moment i videotaped a lot of it it was the biggest crowd i've ever seen like everybody was rooting for the bucks like yeah. i know people wanted chris paul to win but yeah. i know everybody was rooting for the bucks to finally win a championship my inside source told me about this you were playing soccer one day when you were younger and you decided to go ahead and uh, just be on the field yeah is that true yeah <laughs> I mean, there's there's more there's a lot of weird stories when it comes to soccer okay like there's one where i tried to be spider-man as a goaltender really yeah and i climbed the net and unfortunately as i was climbing the net the other team was coming my way on the pitch and i tried to get off and slipped and my arm was stuck in the net so i'm just trying to reach out and try to block the ball, but the kicker kicked it in, and my dad had to come onto the field and get me out of the net. Oh, no. And then there's another time, I won't go into detail on this, where I had to go to the bathroom Yeah. as I was playing soccer, and mm-hmm. I just went right there. Yep. But I'm learning from my mistakes. <laughs> I, I was like six, so exactly. I've learned. Yep, yep. I, I didn't want to go into too much detail either, because I know that I had that story, and I was like, that is something I just have to bring up to him. <laughs> I have one more question for you before we wrap up this interview. But before I get to it, it seems like you are just someone who is filled with personality, who just kind of takes life in stride, who has had things happen to him that most people would see as negative things or would be down about it. And you just take it in stride. You're a positive guy and you just take it for what it is. And that's very admirable and respectable. So with that, this last question that I have, Patrick, you can take some time, answer it as genuinely as you want. What motivates you? I would have to say my parents because, like you said, while I've gone through some things, I feel like because they've been with me going through it as well, I feel like there's times where they had it worse than I have because when I had meningitis when I was six months old, I was just a newborn baby. I don't have any recollection of what happened, but my parents were there the whole time, and there's that possibility of me not making it. I I might, I might die. So I think I was in the hospital for almost a month and my mom was by my side the whole time. So I just try to remember, like, they've been through it with me and that motivates me. Like, they're always there. When I had my heart surgeries, my mom was there, my dad was there. They're, they're always taking care of me. Of course, I try not to dwell on any of that. What's the point of thinking of the negatives when you know you affect people around you so I just try to stay positive and I try to have that positive mindset but my motivators are definitely my parents continue to persist that is what I want you to do you take everything in stride and just continue to roll with it I respect it a lot and I hope you continue to do that best of luck in you being part of the basketball team as a non-player best of luck in transitioning to baseball best of luck in your graduation and and post graduation i tell you what patrick i want you to succeed in this life go ahead and do that appreciate it i want you to succeed as well (laughs) i appreciate it it. thanks for spending the time 
uh, to come around and do this interview. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to the Tony G Show interviews Patrick Dana. Practice begins for the baseball team in late January, early February, which Patrick will be a part of this season. We wish Patrick the best of luck in his future and thank him for his time on the Tony G Show. And furthermore, we thank you for listening to the Tony G Show interviews Patrick Danan.